I am my greatest leadership challenge. And the reality is people who are leading other people in an organization can't learn how to do that effectively until they are, have learned how to lead themselves. You know, is how I was viewing the world or people or certain situations or myself, how I have to continue for the rest of my life or, you know, are there new ways? You're listening to Beyond Leadership. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski, and I want to use the lessons I've learned from 15 years of leadership experience in business, politics, nonprofit, and the military to help you break through the BS of everyone else's expectations so you can lead as your authentic self. Join me every week as I give you tangible ways you can have more influence, more cohesion, more innovation, and more peace of mind when you lay your head down at night. Because leadership is about so much more than just leading. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I am super excited today because I have my very first guest on the podcast, my friend Tiffany Mast. So Tiffany and I met through our group coaching program, and I very quickly realized that I was absolutely going to fall in love with her. She is a senior Lean Six Sigma facilitator at a hospital under the Johns Hopkins umbrella, where she works with literally everyone at the hospital all the way up to the president on process improvement and leadership coaching through change. Tiffany has this really great goal where she wants to help others gain awareness about their emotional blind spots, and I am really excited to have her on the show today to help us through exactly what that means. So Tiffany, welcome to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. So let's kick it off. Why don't you tell me a little bit about EQ? I know we've had this conversation before, but... To everybody else, those are just letters. Yeah, yeah, sure. I know the first time I heard EQ, I was like, what does that even mean? Uh, so some people call it EQ or EI, so the emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. And really what that means is to be emotionally intelligent is to be aware of your own experience, to be aware of the other person or other people's experience that are around you, and then to be able to manage your experience in a situation in relationship to be able to move through it successfully. And so there are different areas of emotional intelligence that are out there that people focus on. And the one I am currently focused on due to the nature of my job and what I'm very passionate about is how does emotional intelligence show up in conflict? And so are people aware of how they're showing up in conflict, how the other people that are in that situation or that conflict with them showing up, and how do they take that information to move through it successfully for all of the people involved? Okay, wow. So you are working specifically with leaders figuring out how they show up in these conflicts. Now, what kind of impact can that have, not just on the leader, yes, but also on the organization as a whole. I saw a quote by John Maxwell the other day that really resonated with me and puts into perfect language I'm trying to do at work, which is, he says, I am my greatest leadership challenge. 
And the reality is, you know, people who are leading other people in an organization can't learn how to do that effectively until they are, have learned how to lead themselves. And part of learning how to lead yourself is gaining more self-awareness and specifically more self-awareness around your blind spots when you're in conflict because a massive chunk of what leaders or anyone in a leadership position has to do is deal with conflict at some level every single day with either one person or an entire team. Now, you mentioned blind spots a couple times. Can you explain to me a little bit more what you mean by like, what would it mean for me to become aware of my emotional blind spots? Okay, so I'm going to answer the question, but I'm going to go back in time for a minute to be able to explain it. So for most of us, how we show up in the present is largely based off of the patterns that were created in our childhood and throughout our lifetime based off, you know, certain events that we've experienced. And so that pattern, if you think of it in the context of conflict, that triggered pattern uh, is what then creates the lens through which you make sense of the world in general. And so you're making sense of the the situation and you're creating a narrative in your head at the same time of what's happening to understand how you're filtering those various situations of conflict so that you're getting the information out of it from yourself and from the other person to say, okay, what is true or what else might be true here and how can we now move through this more successfully? Okay, so kind of like the iceberg analogy where you only see what's on top of the surface you're working with everything the whole big part of the iceberg that's down below the surface water yeah yeah so with people who have taken the eq assessment tool that i'm a certified practitioner in that tool looks at three different areas that are really important that make up emotional intelligence it looks at the self-awareness and self-reflection component and so that means you know it looks at your ability to be aware of your own experience looking at what are you thinking feeling and wanting in the moment of being challenged the second area that it looks at is self-regulation and that is your ability to manage your own emotions effectively and then also manage your emotions in relationship and then the third component which is huge which a lot of people (laughs) whenever I bring it up, are really surprised is empathy. It looks at two different components of empathy. So you have empathy accuracy, which looks at your ability to tune into someone else and accurately see what they're experiencing in that moment of conflict. And then there's empathy compassion, which means you have the ability to join this other individual in that moment of conflict in caring ways. And it gives you the ability to stay emotionally connected, even when you're challenged, which is huge because what I see a lot of times that leaders do is in conflict, they just get really frustrated with their subordinates or with their peers or with their one up and they'll emotionally disconnect. They might physically still be there, but they'll emotionally disconnect from the situation and usually shut down. And I always say, okay, I'm hearing that you showed up in this situation this way. So can you tell me what outcome you got from that? And typically all that they can share with me is, well, I just shut down. I didn't hear anything else that the person was saying. And so when you emotionally disconnect like that, it takes away your ability to take in more information from the other person. 
to start to say, okay, what am I hearing in their language? What am I seeing and how their body is shifting around? A lot of people forget to look at posture and breathing and all of that. And so you're missing really important vital information in the middle of the conflict to be able to help you assess the situation and again say, okay, what is something I could say or do right now to acknowledge the other individual so that we can begin to diffuse this conflict to start moving forward? That is so interesting because I feel like so often we are taught, especially as women, right, in leadership positions, we are taught to put that emotional barrier up and not to get emotionally involved, especially if we're in conflict. So you're saying literally the exact opposite, right? That we need to stay emotionally charged in order to see that conflict through to the end, to see it to resolution. Yeah, because essentially our feelings are information, not instruction. I think a lot of times people take what they're feeling and they think, oh, I'm feeling really angry. That means that I should act in a really angry way or defensive way, or, you know, I'm feeling really sad and they feel like they need to act on that when really, you know, your feelings or emotions, they, they have information and a gift and then you get choice out of that. Part of the tool and part of the debrief process with the tool is like going through each of the emotions and what's the information and gift in each. So going back to the anger example again, you know, the information in anger is I've been violated, either, you know, a belief system or, you know, somebody's attacking me verbally. But the gift in that is learning to set boundaries or get motivation or get direction. And so really saying, okay, what is it and what this person is saying to me that's making me frustrated or irritated or agitated? Because all those fall under the anger category. And then really starting to take more accountability for yourself. Because I think the other piece is a lot of times in conflict, you see the blame in the other person and you're not taking the time to say, well, what is it here in this conflict that I'm accountable to? And what is it that's triggering me? And why is it triggering me? And what is that within myself that I need to address that has nothing to do with this other person? So you're saying that being triggered isn't just some millennial generation hashtag. It's something that actually happens to us, specifically when we're in conflict. <laughs> yes. I will be sure to tell my dad that next time we have an argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, a lot of times people put that label on because they're still allowing their emotions to drive their thinking and their behavior instead of using their emotions to inform their thinking and their behavior. That is good. Using our emotions, not as something to get riled up about, but as something to tell us what to do next in the situation. Yeah, they're saying, oh, I'm, f I'm feeling embarrassed here. Like, what is it in this situation that I'm embarrassed about? And, you know, kind of asking yourself more questions to understand what's happening for you internally and kind of objectively look at the other person or the other people and just take in what they're saying. And I, and I always say when I'm coaching with my leaders, because change is hard and change is really uncomfortable. People love to talk about change. People like to say change is great. Change is so good uh, until you have to do it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I think they should change, but I'm fine. <laughs> and so a lot of times 
you know, you just have to have, you know, grace for yourself and for other people as you move through that. And one of the number one things that I say to leaders is, you know, how can you look at yourself or the situation or these other people through the lens of curiosity and grace instead of frustration or impatience or, you know, whatever might be coming up for them in that moment. Okay. So I know that a lot of what you do, right, deals with the emotional intelligence and whatnot. And that's not necessarily something that we want to be airing other people's dirty laundry. But can you tell me a little bit just about what has this EQ tool, what has it done for you? And what has it done for some of the leaders that you've worked with and and given the assessment to? So the analogy that I have given people about when I first took the EQ tool four years ago and got debriefed on it is that it was like when you go to the eye doctor and they're adjusting the, um, what do you call that? Like crazy machine thing. The big big goggle thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whenever they're adjusting it and they're like better here or better here. And slowly things get fuzzy and then a little more clear. And sometimes they get fuzzy again. That's exactly how it feels when you begin to gain more self-awareness. It's like getting to put a new set of glasses on. And it might not be quite the right prescription yet, but you're learning to see things for how they really are, see the colors, see clarity, see definition, It's also really freaking hard. I had this grandiose idea in my head that taking the tool and then gaining awareness would create like ease and so much peace in my life right away. And it has created a lot of ease and a lot more peace in my life. But there's also this piece of, like I was saying before, taking accountability for myself and learning to look in the mirror and take the time to ask more questions of me Because again, if I can't learn to lead myself better, how can I expect to lead others? And the other piece too is, I don't know if you've heard of Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. The book is really powerful, highly recommend it. If you haven't read it, you will cry, so make sure you have Kleenex, but it's completely worth it. He talks about how we have a stimulus and a response. And as humans, We're like the only animal that between the stimulus and the response, we get a choice. And so what working on your self-awareness and growing your emotional intelligence muscles means is that you get so much more like robust choice between your stimulus and your response than other people who aren't working on it. And it's like this beautiful ability to, as you continue to grow and practice each day, find more opportunities for choice that you wouldn't have otherwise had because you were constantly looking through the hamster wheel of the emotions that were driving your thinking day in and day out. And so now you get to kind of step outside of that hamster wheel and say, wait a second, you know, is how I was viewing the world or people or certain situations or myself, how I have to continue for the rest of my life or you know, are there new ways of thinking and behaving and showing up and um, just being? Say I wanted, and we both know that I'm in the process of getting this done, but say, say somebody else who's listening wants to take this EQ assessment. What does that process look like? And how can they get in contact with you to set that up? 
Yeah, so what that looks like is connecting with me through my Calendly link. Typically do a 20 or 30 minute discovery call to make sure that I really understand what the other person is looking for and if that matches up for what I have to offer because I want to make sure, you know, that I'm matched up with people well. And then it also I'll send out a flyer so that you can kind of read more about what EQ tool means and uh, what it offers. And then we set up time. You take the assessment. The assessment consists of eight different videos that you watch that are created to specifically elicit a response from you. And then as soon as you're done with the assessment, it takes about 45 minutes. I get your profile right away. And then we set up time for you to have a 90-minute debrief. And then in between that space, one of the pieces that I really love about this tool is it takes a few hours to really go through and read and study someone's profile to understand what their pattern is. And on top of that, I go back and reference my own EQ profile to see how my profile could potentially impact my ability to debrief that person and make sure that I avoid touching on those areas that would cause me to not be as objective as I could be, which is really great because, you know, again, we all show up with the lens that we have and the ability to go back and reference my profile over my clients means I can remind myself of, hey, here are your emotional blind spots. So when they're talking about X, Y, Z things that could potentially trigger your pattern, be aware of that and then set that off to the side so that you can truly show up for that person. I am so excited. I can't even tell you how excited I am to get this tool done and to do the debrief and to continue to work with you. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming and being my very first guest on the podcast. I absolutely got a ton out of it. And like I said, I can't wait to continue working with you in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I'm really, um, I'm really excited to be, work with you and I'm honored to be your first guest on your podcast. And I look forward to having more fun chats with you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.